Hello, it's Natalia and welcome to Beehive Podcast, the place where insightful conversations with the most extraordinary people take place. Each episode is an opportunity to explore my guests' personal journeys, lifestyle choices and aspects of their personal success formula. Join me by subscribing now and enjoy the listening. Hello and welcome to Beehive Podcast. Today I have an incredible guest, um, absolute guru in marketing, self-proclaimed marketing internet nerd. And I am so looking forward to hear out and to be able to share with my listeners your life story, your journey, the success and the failures, of course, to give some marketing tips and to get to know you a little bit more to see if there's there's enough out there about you, Paul, but maybe we can find out something else about you that nobody knows. Nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be. It's all fun. It's all fun. So I must say that Paul Getter just is a guy who gets results for his clients. You worked with some household brand names and very successful personalities such as um, Frank Cardone, Alex Murr, Ty Lopez, Les Brown, just to name a few. You have spent over $1 billion running ads and campaigns for your clients on um, Facebook and various social media platforms. You are now in the top of 1% of ad spenders on Facebook. And just to give more stats, you've got over 1.5 million followers on Instagram as well. So not only knowing your own craft and knowing what you're doing, delivering it for the clients um, in your own special way, um, but where did it all start, Paul? How, how this journey started for you, what your success journey was like? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. First of all, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. And hopefully by the end of this, I can add value to your audience and we can have an amazing time. So, no doubt about that. You know, a, a lot of times people ask me the question, how did you decide to get into internet marketing or become an entrepreneur? I'm like, I had bills I had to pay. I mean, it was it was nothing more glamorous than that. I was just kind of playing around. And um, one of my friends went off to college and they said, uh, you need to get on Facebook so you can stay in touch with me. And this is the time frame when only um, colleges were using Facebook. Because initially when Facebook launched, it was right. just available for college students. So mm -hmm. I got on it and I started um, playing around with it. And I kind of I grew with Facebook. So I, when Facebook first launched, they had no ad platform. But when they did, I started testing. I started playing around with it, all, kind of like a hobby. And then all of a sudden, Facebook reached out to me and they said, hey, we see what you're doing. Will you work with us? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so I was one of the beta testers for, on Facebook ads platform, started playing around with it. And it, it was one of those things where it was just, I, I think the first thing I did is I, I was setting up stuff for my church because I saw that you know, as it began to grow, businesses would come on and then they would set up a social media profile for the business. And I put up a social media profile for our church. And about two or three weeks later, um, this new family came to church and I went up to them and I said, hi, ah, you know, where'd you hear about us? And they said, oh, we saw you on Facebook. And I was like, Take. It, it, yeah, it, it was, it was at that moment. I was like, whoa, these are real people. This is like, <laughs> this really works. It works. Yeah. And, and, and then, so I started reaching out to other 
local businesses, you know, restaurants and um, chiropractors and telling them, hey, you need to get on Facebook. And uh, it was kind of a risky proposition then because, you know, nobody was doing it. But when, when they start to see the results, they're like, okay, yeah, let's do this more. Let's do this more. So I guess you would say it kind of like started out just playing around and then you know, one thing led to another. I'm working with celebrities. I'm working with the Fortune 500 companies and um, amazing personal brands. Uh, but it all kind That's of started right. out as, you know, pizza shops and ice cream shops and restaurants and gyms and things like that. Well, all genius ideas are simple one day. So it just takes one to spot an opportunity and you did exactly that. And uh, you, you grew up in a completely different environment to the life that you lead now, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I didn't, didn't grow up with money. Um, been challenging upbringing. Matter of fact, my mom uh, was just down here a few months ago and I was talking with her and I said, um, yeah, I remember when we lived with my uncle and uh, you and dad slept in this room and me and my brother, who's six years older than me, we slept in this other little room that was connected to your room. And she started laughing and she said, uh, Paul, that was not a room. That was a closet you and your brother were sleeping <laughs> in. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And yeah. uh, then, she, then she said to me, um, she said, do you remember um, living in the car? And I said, no. And she began to remind me about it, how old I was and when we lived in the car. And I told how old were you? I, I was probably about seven or eight years old. It's about seven or eight wow. years old. And uh, again, my brother, he's six years. My brother was a teenager. And we, we slept in the car. And I, I told my mom, I said, I thought we were on vacation. Like, I thought we were on a Because I remember driving around, stopping at rest areas, going in and things like that. It was a few months, but I thought I was on some type of vacation or something like that. Uh, yeah, road trip. Yeah, it was things like that. Uh, here, here's a cool thing. I just took my mom like two weeks ago on a private jet down to the Bahamas, and we had an amazing time. So, boom! <laughs> it's changed a little bit. It's changed a little bit. Yeah. Changed a little bit, but yeah. you've earned it. You've earned it with your talent. But it also spins it the other way around. You know how much we give, and I know you've got a beautiful family and three children. How much we try to give to children right now, and how much is actually appreciated? You know, you may be living in a car and you still think you're on vacation. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, I, incredible. I, I, you know, the one thing that my parents always, whether intentionally or unintentionally, there was never a poor mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, it was always, so I saw my, I saw, I, I was joking around with my mom about this and we went from sleeping in our car, you know, mm -hmm. living in our car for a short period of time, you know, living in a, a home with my uncle and me and my brother sleeping in the closet. We went from that to being the, um, Richest people in the poorest neighborhood. So, and I, I, I mean, I mean it like this. I, by the time I graduated high school, we were still living in a pretty poor neighborhood. But right. I remember my kids in in that neighbor, my friends in that that neighborhood. They would look at us and they would say, "Oh, you guys are rich because mm. had a little bit bigger house. My parents drove new cars, and my friends, you know, they were living in." small duplexes or apartments. And so, but we were, and I remember them saying to, oh, you guys are rich. You guys are rich. They would say that to me. And I'm mm. like, 
We all live in this neighborhood. Anybody look around here? It was like the, we all the, the same. Had the, cry, the highest crime rate, you know, um, all kinds of drugs and violence and stuff like that. I'm like, we all live in this neighborhood. There ain't nobody in this neighborhood rich. But to them, right. for my, to, to my parents' credit, they worked hard and yeah. um, they did a lot, did multiple jobs and um, had a, uh, I guess you could say, kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, whether they realized it or not, they did. I know you, your dad had a interesting company back in the days. <laughs> You've, been doing your homework. You've been doing your homework. Of course. Of course. Isn't it part of my job? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was joking when I say my dad was an agricultural entrepreneur. <laughs> One way yeah. of putting it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was before his legal. Yeah. So I was, I was probably about seven years old and my dad was out in the backyard and he is trimming up some trees. Trimming up some trees, and um, I can't come up behind him and lean over his shoulder. And he shrugs me off. He says, "Go inside," and he says, "Stay away from this." I'm like, "What? Why is Dad shrugging me off and telling me go inside and stay away from this?" <laughs> and he saw that I was kind of like, you know, questioning, and he said, "Stay away from this. This is poison ivy." And uh, I later Brilliant. figured out that it wasn't poison ivy. It was a different type of weed, if you know what I mean. So there you go. My, my dad's growing these in the backyard. He's large yeah. marijuana plants in the backyard. And um, so I guess you would say he had the original side hustle. So uh, <laughs> I guess for, for medical, for medical reasons, <laughs> yeah, for medical purposes, for medical, for, purposes, for medical purposes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. So we, we touched a little bit of living in a car and sleeping in a closet and sharing room with your brother what is your house like now? How do you set up your life? Is it um, is it important to you, your immediate surrounding? You know, homes are the places where we spend most of our times in. How, how do you set it up? What is important for you Yeah, your you home? Know, um, let, let, me, let me just first of all say this. And, um, people that know me know me that uh, your, your house, your car, your material possessions um, do not determine your value. Uh, mm -hmm. because I know many, many wealthy people that live in an average home. Uh, just about six months ago, I went to Warren Buffett's house. And quite frankly, uh, you know, based on his wealth and yeah. who he is, yeah. he's a pretty modest house. Listen, and he's lived there for a long time. Now, one thing that you'll probably notice if you get too close to his house, um, armed security <laughs> jump up out of the bushes and uh, tell you to move on. But um, right. I, I, don't, I don't think that your your house, your possession should define your value. Um, but for me personally, I'm, Correct. I, um, I look at my house and I, uh, you know, I'm on a golf course near the beach and um, swimming pool. I can sit in the swimming pool every night, watch the sunset down into the water and, uh, you know, live in a much bigger home than I, I honestly really need. And uh, but it, it is. It is, it is a place where it's kind of like a haven. It's a safe place for me. It's a place where I'm, I can disconnect. I'm, I live in a beautiful city called Naples. Now, you can't tell anybody that because people, a lot of people think I live in Miami because when I post, I post a lot about Miami. Do a lot of work in Miami, have a lot of fun in Miami, but I actually live in a city called Naples. We're not going to tell anybody. No. Don't tell anybody. Please this don't is tell <laughs> This is only on this recording. Yes. You and I. <laughs> Naples is a quiet uh, community in Southwest Florida 
and very clean, pristine, and, and just quiet, not bad traffic, just kind of away from all the business and, and hectic life. And I always feel like when I'm home, I'm on vacation, which I think everybody, you need to, you need to find a place. Yeah, you need to find a place where when, when you're at home, you feel like you're on vacation. And that's honestly how I feel when I come home and I travel all over the place, been to you know, many beautiful locations. But when I come home, I'm like, this is beautiful. This is nice. You know, I don't have to worry about the traffic, the craziness. And it's just, I have yeah. a, a peace and a calmness about when I'm home and when I'm away from everybody. The tranquility place, the recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And one of the questions that I ask my guests a lot, how does your family sustain your success? How does dynamic, how do you make things work? Yeah, yeah. So, um, of course, my children are, are grown up and uh, my daughter actually has her own children. And uh, my... Are you officially a granddad now? Yes, I am Papa. Did I rub it in? I am Papa. I'm a young Papa. Oh, yeah, Papa. I am a Papa. Yes. Oh, uh, congratulations. My, my joke around with me. Oh, it's Papa Nerd now. It's Papa Nerd. Papa um, Nerd now. Yeah. <laughs> so I love Amazing. this. Amazing. You, you know, when people tell you that grandchildren are uh, more exciting than children, there is an element of truth to that because, you know, you look back at when you were a parent and maybe some things that you wish you would have done and you didn't do, but now I can just like spool my grandchildren, send them home and I don't have to worry about anything. It's great. So, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to success, it, it was a journey. Like my kids, they remember when I was delivering phone books out of the back of my minivan, going door to door, delivering phone books for $50 a night. My kids were in the minivan with me helping deliver the phone books. So they remember. Yeah. So that, um, with that being said, they have an amazing balance in their life that they recognize and, and, and value hard work. And, uh, they've, they've carried that into their adult life that they, they value, they don't have an entitled mentality. They know that success comes with hard work and, um, they, they've, I think it, it is. It has been um, something that they've learned and they've grown in, and they've seen that it is challenging. It's not easy. It is hard work, and um, what we have and have in our, our lives now, uh, it came with a lot of work and a lot of sacrifice. So no, no entitlement as such. You managed yeah, to keep yeah. the balance correctly. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you a great example. So my um, oldest son Lucas went off to college and. Uh, when he went off to college, you know, I'm, I'm like, you need to focus on your work. He um, went to a very, to a very difficult uh, computer um, programming uh, classes in um, University of Central Florida. And it, it's one of those things that they have like a 30% acceptance rate. It was very difficult for him Incredible. to accept it. So um, he went through that and I, I wanted him to focus in on his, uh, his schooling. And so I, I told him, I was like, son, anytime you need anything, this is a credit card. You can use it and, you know, food, wh whatever you need, just use this. I want you to focus in on your work. And I remember yeah. he came home for vacation, Christmas vacation that year. And I said to him, I said, son, are you eating? And he said, yeah. He said, why? He said, uh, and I, I said, well, I looked at the credit card. You haven't put one thing on it. You haven't bought anything. 
And he said, oh, dad, I got my own money. I make my own money. And I thought about that. I'm like, that spoke a lot about, you know, who he was and, and how Definitely. he perceived. And, and it just said, no, I'm, I'm working for my own money. I don't, I don't need your money. And I think that, again, that said a lot about this kind of not entitled type of mentality. This is wonderful. This is a great example. And it's important for everyone wants to know a little bit of a, you know, inside behind the success story and to see um, what it actually like, what the children are like, you know, things that we spend most time and very everybody's, um, of course, obsessed with about their children and trying to give the best, how to get that balance right. And it's incredible to hear this type of examples. Um, Definitely inspirational. Um, so wanted to ask about the people that you work with as well, alongside sure. with your children as they, um, great examples in their own, but you have, um, remarkable clientele and with so many incredible clients, what makes them exactly the same and what makes them totally different for you? Yeah. Great question. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you. A good example. Mm. Let's take, for example, Ty Lopez and Greg, Grant Cardone. I think right. most people recognize him. And I always say about these clients, um, they can be very polarized. You know what I mean? Some people like, right. absolutely love him. Like, oh, Grant Cardone. And then you say, oh, I work with Grant Cardone. They go, oh, I can't stand him. You know what I mean? And so yes. they can be very polar. They're, they have a very strong personality and they can be polarizing individuals. So I think that's Number one, that's one thing that these thought leaders, these individuals that are strong personal brands that they've recognized is that they might not be appealing to everybody, but they are comfortable being who they are. And so there's going to be people that completely dislike them. And then there's going to be people that absolutely love them. So they, they oftentimes have these polarizing personalities that just attract their own audience. And there's a lot to learn about that because sometimes people online, they try to make everybody like them. You know, they try to be this person that everybody likes me and stuff. And then what happens is nobody really knows who you are. You're just putting on this persona or this facade. So be comfortable. Like, like for example, the, the bow tie, the glasses, this is like really who I am. This is not a, a show or a costume or anything. Like, this is like who I am. But so, at the same time, you are very likable. So yeah. you managed to get to the... But, yeah. but here's the thing, that there are people that won't take me serious because like, like if you go on my Instagram, I'm, I'm posting cartoons. I'm posting, you know, superheroes okay. and stuff like that. And so some people will look at me like, mm, I can't take this guy serious. But that, that's okay. You know, some people will look at posts about my faith. Like I post about my faith and, you know, my belief in God. And they'll look at that like, hey, you know, I don't want to work with a person like that. So these are attributes that not everybody agrees with. Not everybody might like or connect, but that's yeah. who I am. So, right. so I think... That's that's something that a lot of these individuals have in common is that there's attributes about them that people don't like, but they've embraced it, they've accepted it, and uh, then, like for example, Ty and Grant have 
some unique differences. Like if you listen to Grant Cardone, if you're not working 80 hours a week, you're a lazy bum. You know what That's I mean? Right. Like, you know, grind, hustle, grind, hustle, you know, and, and <laughs> Kai, you know, he's sitting there with a laptop on the beach. Like, you know, I'm, I'm living life, you know, so they have this different mentality, this, you know, they define success differently, but they both have been brilliant about capturing trends, seeing trends. And I think that's a, a, a key component to success is you can kind of see stuff coming before anybody else sees it coming and you start to tap in. And sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you're wrong in it. But those times that you're right is what puts you on top. That's phenomenal. The times that you're right, that's what puts you on top. It's like, like a that. Wave. it's like a wave. You know what I mean? It's like it's, sometimes the wave comes and, and you run out there, you get it, and then it, the wave drops off and you don't surf. But sometimes the wave comes and it rises up and you're surfing all the way to the shore. That's right. Just the courage not to be afraid to make a mistake if there is one to be made. Um, just to catch that wave once it's coming. Which one of your clients impacted you the most? Ah, that's a great question. Uh, well, I, I would I would say this: each one of them had an amazing. Man, this is like asking which one of your children which child? Your I know, I know. It's a bit nonsense. Sorry. All of them. Had I hope I hope I'm not putting you. <laughs> All of them had an amazing, life-changing impact on me. Uh, that's the right answer, Paul. That's okay. Uh, so, um, in the moment, what comes, comes in, in, in the In the moment. So I can, yeah. I can say this. I, I worked very closely with Ty Lopez for many, many years and have been involved in various projects with him. And I've seen him in places and making decisions that nobody else has. And it's easy to see a person online and come to a conclusion about them because you've seen them online, you've watched 30-minute videos of them on YouTube or something, and you assume that you know who they are. Absolutely. Um, and so Ty Lopez is one of those individuals that if you see him online, you can have just a one-sided opinion about him. But if you've ever worked with him in person, he's one of the most genuine, sincere honest and brilliant guys. I mean, uh, I, I remember sitting down at an event and he's just casually speaking. And he's one of these guys, if, if you uh, listen to him, he talks about how much he reads a lot. And that's, that's the truth. Not only does he read a lot, but he has amazing recall. So he can be talking about something and just begin to quote this person or that person. So he's uh, really He's, he's a brilliant mind, and if you just see him online, you might have uh, a one-sided opinion. But um, not only that is, I've seen situations where his, you know, him making decisions, doing things that he always operated with a high level of integrity. And again, working with people and seeing them online, you might, you know, it, it, I remember telling him, it always irritated me when people would say, oh, this guy's a scammer. This guy's a fraud and stuff because I knew him personally and I knew mm. that he always had a sincere heart to help people. 
to impact people. And he always operated with a high level of integrity. So it always irritated me when people said that, but it was just because they had a, a, a one dimensional opinion and only saw one side of time. So I guess if Ty gets a trophy, Ty gets a trophy. <laughs> well, well, that, and that's a good one. It, you're right. Once you put yourself out there, the, you just prone to different opinions and yeah. not all of them just so many people there's there's always going to be polarized opinions that's going to be things that people like or dislike about you you're absolutely right but there's also another player's media and making their own money on yeah. um you know news of their own not absolutely. necessarily truthful ones what are the so coming back to marketing as well i was wondering what are the top tricks that are being used on us that we don't know about, but fall for. Are there any any good marketing tricks that people so, should be so aware of? Top, top tricks. Well, let me just say this is I uh, these social media platforms know a lot about us. A lot mm. about us. They probably know us better than we know ourselves. And so I'm sure you've experienced it before. I just had it happen like the yesterday. I saw an ad for um, you know, there's ice water tubs that you can dip in and do ice water. Are you thinking of doing that? Is that, is I, that I, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was listening to a podcast about it and the importance and the value of doing um, ice water uh, plunges. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh. And then the, and I didn't Google anything. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't search anything. But I go on social media and I see an advertisement for it. I'm like, Nah, this is, this is way too, you know, so it's But like, that shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise you. You, no, it doesn't you know, surprise. you, in, in the way that, you know, you, you create those ads in the similar way, but the um, algorithm behind it. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, the phones are listening. The, there's always a little recording thing. I mean, as much of a theory that can be, that sounds too much of a truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, so they're definitely listening to us. They're watching every step we take. So, uh, so I think that's something number one is, and it's not necessarily an unknown trick, but I think the amount of information might surprise people. The average individual has about 50,000 points of interest in the social media platforms. 50, I don't even know 50,000 things about myself, Yourself, but yeah. apparently Facebook does, um, know 50,000 things, but you're talking about your, your music interests, your, um, food interests, your, you know, your geographical locations, your travel patterns, all of these things you're spending, all of that makes up kind of like your, your profile of who you are. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of information um, that these social media platforms have about you. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's probably one um, big thing that people should be aware of is how much information that these social media platforms have about you it, it would just blow our minds um so that's that's one thing uh and, and then i think secondly the the ability for um, these social media platforms to get a message in front of you in so many different avenues um, a lot of times when people think about facebook they think of you know just when you turn that apple but facebook has the ability that they can get ads in front of you and you you're using something completely different than Facebook, you know, YouTube and um, Google and Gmail and all of these platforms. If, if I want to get an ad in front of you, 
I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember one of my first big high-profile clients, uh, he was doing advertisement on the radio. And I, I, I was listening to his ad. His ad would come on um, satellite radio um, two to three times a day. And I'd hear this ad, and then it would go to a website, and I'd look at his website, and his website was horrible. His marketing on his website was horrible. All he was doing was radio ads. I thought, man, if I can get a hold of this guy, I could help him out on his internet marketing plan. All he was doing was radio. And so, first of all, I called up the XM radio, the satellite radio platform, and I said, how much is it for a one-minute ad? And they're like, oh, it's four or $5,000. Okay, this guy is doing the ad three, four times a day, so he's probably spending fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a day. Like, I gotta find him. He's got some money, you know. That's right. I, I, I want to help him out. So I begin. I found the CEO of the company, and I began to email and send him messages, and he kind of brushed me off. I found him on Facebook, and I sent him a message, and he brushed me off. He's like, "Oh, we're doing good on radio. We're doing fine on that. It's you know, we're not interested. It's hard to." Prove to a person when they're doing good that they can be doing awesome. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So he was doing good. He's like, ah, I don't want to do this internet marketing stuff. We're doing fine on radio. So what I did is I I looked on his profile, found out how old he was, found his birthday, found his music interests, found his marital status, found um, what type of music he listened to, found all of these things just by looking at his social media profile. Yes. And then I took a picture. It was a picture of him at Disney World, and he was wearing a goofy hat, you know, with the big ears and stuff like that. Minnie Mouse so, ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I took that that picture, and I turned it into an ad. And I put the guy's name on it. I said, um, hey, John. That wasn't his name, but I put, hey, John, this is Paul. I would love to talk to you about your marketing. And I made an ad that next time he went on to Facebook, he saw this ad that had a picture of him calling him out on his name and had my phone number in there. Wow. Two, two days later, he sends me a message on Facebook with a screenshot of the ad. He said, Paul, this is very creepy. Yes, that's to- what I was going to say. Yeah. He said, this, <laughs> this is creepy. very creepy, but I want to talk to you. Yeah. And I, I ended up sealing the deal with him because of that ad. Amazing. Amazing. That's daring, I must say. (laughs) It worked. It worked. (laughs) It worked. It worked. So you got the result. What is your warning? So with all that, all those tips and all those, something that's no longer a revelation and a lot of people talk about, what is your tip to be a bit more private generally to the audience? Because it's not going to help the ads. Obviously, if people are private, how do you, how, where, where's the balance? Uh, so I think it's this. I think it's be careful who you share your information with. Uh, it, you know, so not social media. Yeah, yeah so it, you know, I, I think that you need to be aware. There's websites where you can actually go and you can see who has your information online, you know, where it's located. You can have it deleted and things. But uh, I, I think this. I don't think people are anti ads I don't think people are, are, are anti-advertising. No, sometimes like it ads. helps, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I like ads. I mean, I like ads that target me properly. And, you know, it's like when I saw that ad for the ice tub, I was like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, no, this is creepy. I was like, oh, cool. And I, I checked it out. So I think that... Easy, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that ads are, um, it's a part of life. You know, I mean, it's a part of our social, economical workings and dealings. So, but I think that you need to be aware how your information is being um, received, how it's being used, and how it's being shared. Because I, I, I've seen some of these social media companies online, uh, like in congressional hearings, and they're asked questions like, uh, does Facebook do X, Y, and Z? And they'll say, no, Facebook doesn't do that. And we're, we're like, well, how are they doing it if Facebook isn't doing it? Well, the technical answer is Facebook is not doing it, but mm. Facebook is sharing your information with other companies that are doing it. And, Correct. uh, so, you know, so it is, it's important for you to, to know how your information is um, being used, how it's being obtained and how it's being shared. Particularly for younger generation, and you've got young children as well. Um, how uh, a lot of them are unaware and uh, very keen social media users. Um, anything specifically targeting that demographics? Yeah, you know. So when it comes to the um, a, a younger uh, generation of social media interaction, I think it's I think it's something that they have never <laughs> they've never known a life of privacy. You know what I mean? They, they, they couldn't have said better than that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they, they have accepted it that there's going to be a certain level of non-privacy that mm -hmm. if you want to use these platforms, you are surrendering a certain amount of privacy. And mm -hmm. I think I've, I've come to that conclusion on some things. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to use this social media platform, I'm surrendering a certain amount of privacy. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, my, my life isn't exciting enough for me to be concerned about, you know, relinquishing mm. privacy. I'm like, I've had people say, oh, you should start a reality show. I'm like, uh, it'd be pretty boring. You know, like, you know, I'm in front of a computer typing most of the times. And what you see on social media is about, you know, 1% of the excitement that I actually experience. So following me around with cameras would be quite boring. So, so I think I'm sure you're being modest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think there's a certain amount of, you know, relinquishing privacy that we've all done. We've all accepted. I mean, if you've got a phone, if you've got a phone, you've relinquished some amount of privacy. Yeah, privacy. Yeah. A lot of a lot of subjects, isn't it? A lot of points to think about. And yeah, what what is your biggest failure? Or something you've been working on that was meant to succeed but failed. Like, <sighs> well, I got a long list. Recently, you know, let's go recently. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so I look at this, and I, so as as you mentioned, I've worked with a lot of amazing personal brands, and I've helped them build huge online um, platforms and, and stuff. And when I look at that, I, I, so I invested a lot of time and energy building other people's brain, other people's platforms, things like that. When I think that I should have started working on my own personal brand a long time ago, you know, 
years ago, people used to call me you know, the guy behind the guys because I kind of like worked behind the clerks, behind the scenes. And it wasn't until probably, you know, three years ago, two, three years ago, where I really started investing in my own personal brand. Uh, looking back at it, I, you know, I feel like I, I should have started investing in that soon. And so if that's would be deemed a failure, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hesitant about using the word failure um, because um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, like failure is like what you, if you, if you think that's a failure, that's a failure. But like, I've made huge mistakes. I mean, I've had days, you know, a lot of you see guys like, how do you make six figures in 60 days? I've had days where I've lost six figures making the wrong investment or, you know, investing in the mm. wrong platform. So, you know, I've had, but I, I don't like say, oh, that's a failure. I'm like, I learned a lot. You know, learning points. That's yeah, right. I, I say that was an expensive investment in learning. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I think it's. I, I think we should be careful about what we define as failure in our lives because um, it's, it's all part of the learning process. If we are like, oh, failure, you know, we we fear it, then we miss opportunities to grow. So, um, but. If, if there was something that I wish I would have started doing sooner or started investing in more, it would probably be my own personal brand. And speaking of which, um, your personal brand is very outstanding, which I should be, I should be wearing this, in fact. Oh, look you at know, this. To the, look, amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you a secret. And again, this is just between us, but my glasses I wish I could do that just to impress you, but no. So, so <laughs> can you imagine if I just did exactly that? <laughs> so I when I when I'm in front of the screen and uh, doesn't like, give out the glare. Yeah, yeah, so so I don't have the glare. I wear contacts. If I don't have my contacts, my glasses in, I'm blind. I can't see. I mean, it's it's, it's trouble. Uh, so the the glasses are 100 necessary. The bow tie is just a fashion statement. That's it. I mean, that's it. Just a fashion statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did it how did it come about? Because last time we spoke, um, uh -huh. I was blown away by the um, Pac-Man suit. Yeah, with yeah, the yeah. whole Pac-Man games, I thought this is nothing in my wardrobe. I can just even <laughs> remotely make bigger statements. And yeah. you have you obviously have a very outstanding you know the, the fashion style and your brand it's very recognizable it's you it's now not many people can imagine you without a bow tie you know sure. it's a, how how did that came, come about it, it, did, did you make it to 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 be your brand or is this something no, it, you it used really, to have it really wasn't i have friends that had never seen me without, without. <laughs> I, mean, like, I remember one time I ran into one of my friends at the gym and believe it or not, I do not wear a suit and bow tie to the gym. And you don't. yeah. yeah. And, and I don't even wear my glasses. I wear contacts. So and no one recognizes you. Yeah. And so I had a friend um, say to me, he's like, I did not even recognize you. I'm like, right, do I look that different? I've had, I've had people come up to me in the mall or something. And I see them. So I was in a comic book shop. Surprise. And I was in yeah. there talking to the guy there. And there was a, a young guy standing over to the side and he's just staring. Him and his friend are staring and they have their camera kind of going like this. And I just like looked at him. Then one of them walked up to me and said, are you Paul? I'm like, yeah. He's like, we weren't sure if you were Paul or not because you're not in a suit 
bow tie, <laughs> you know, bow tie. glasses on. And I just started laughing. So, <laughs> so I've, I've always, um, I go to church, I wear a suit. If I'm doing business, I wear a suit. When, when I was uh, really young, one of my first jobs that I applied for, um, my dad told me, he's like, wear a tie, wear a tie. He's like, people will respect you more if you wear a tie. And I remember I went in uh, applying for a job at a dry cleaners. And at the end of the interview, the guy said, I'm going to give you the job. And he said, I'm going to give you the job because you're the only person that came in here well-dressed, you're wearing a tie, and you're well-spoken. He said, I like that. That says a lot about you. And so it was like the tie gave me it, it like, job. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the old saying, dress how you want to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so I've, I've always kind of dressed, you know, in suit and tie. And to stuff. impress. I used to, I used to wear a, a regular tie, a regular mm-hmm. tie. And I like like this, this jacket, you know, it's, it's not just a regular, you know, blue jacket and as you mentioned yeah. Pac-Man jackets. I got Spider-Man jackets. I got, you know, different types of jackets. So I always wear something like this. Also, I like cool shoes. And so one time I was meeting up with one of my friends, uh, and I was wearing I don't, I don't remember exactly what I was wearing, but I was wearing a regular tie. And he said, uh he said, Man, all you need is a bow tie and you're like full one hundred percent nerd. And so so when he said that, I was like, I took that as a challenge. And so yeah. the next time I saw him, I was wearing a bow tie and all the guys, they started <laughs> laughing. They're like, oh man, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. And I don't know what it was about that day, but we got a big deal or something, you know, something great happened. And we were all joking around. We we're like, oh, it's the bow tie. The bow, bow tie, tie brought us good luck <laughs> and stuff. And so from then, I've always worn a bow tie. For good luck. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And the whole nerd thing it has it always been you you've always been nerd or is this also part of the brand no i so i i think it, it my my childhood and my upbringing uh i i was a stereotypical nerd i collect like here in my office i have comic books hanging on the right. wall i've got posters of different um you know superhero movies and stuff and i've got superhero paraphernalia and, and everything like that um you know so that's in these comic books i collected when i was a kid you know what i mean and so right. so i was a nerd i was into science i was into comics i was in you know i wore glasses and so i was a nerd so i just kind of like embraced that's who i am and i have fun with it and and yeah so Amplified it, was never, it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just embraced who I am. What type of suit do you want to um to the meeting with Warren Buffett then? As uh, I mentioned so, him earlier. Uh, so so let, let, let me clarify. I went to Warren Buffett's house. I didn't ah. actually meet Warren Buffett. So I I wish I I actually I I stood next to a cutout poster of Warren Buffett. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> if that counts. If that counts. Uh, no. <laughs> I hope it was an authorized access to the world to Warren Buffett's house. Yeah, let, 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 let me just say, Let's clarify that. <laughs> I saw the security guards jumped out of the bushes and told me to move on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of okay. guys just trying to get videos of Warren Buffett's house and stuff, and they jumped out of the bushes and they told me to move on. So. Uh, so I, I, I think this, I, I'm smart, smart enough to know that if I met with Warren Buffett, I'm not wearing the Pac-Man suit. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, 
I know my audience. I know okay. my audience. And, you know, there, there are right. settings that uh, I'm going to wear this suit for. And then there are yeah. settings that I'll wear this suit for. Uh, I, I think this was something that I never intentionally studied out or saw this. I just kind of, it's always been a gut instinct. But there's yeah. actually studies. Common sense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think mm. there, there's studies that if if we have physical characteristics or some type of personal brand that is memorable, that you actually make more money. So um, you will see individuals that have, it can be, it can be physical features. You know, look at Jay Leno, big, big chin. And you, you, mm. you think about that. So, so mm-hmm. if, if you look at certain individuals that if they have certain, certain distinguishing characteristics or something that makes them memorable, people remember them more. I've, I've jumped on calls with people that didn't know my name, but they said, oh, it's the bow tie guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it's like um, being able to recognize both features. very important. Yeah, yeah. You're succeeding there. Absolutely. So what drives your success, Paul? Uh, What's behind I, it? Yeah, I, I think that is a question that the answer has evolved. The answer, yeah, the answer has evolved. So if you would ask me this question 10 years ago, 20 years ago, no, but Jaws need money, you know, yeah. make some money, you know what I mean? And that's, honestly, that's not a bad answer. Some people would say, oh, right, you've got to pay the bills. Yeah. So uh, I remember when I first started working with Ty, he said, what, what motivates you? What pushes you? And I, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be like, very like, well, you know, my family, you know, relationships and everything like that. And then I started thinking about it, like, well, the lifestyle that I want to provide my family, the yeah. fun that I want to have my friends, that is uh, provided through money. You know, it's like I want to put my kids kids through college. You know, that's I want to help. I want to I want to give to my kids. How's that done? Yeah. It's done with money. You know what I mean? So there's uh, I always tell people yeah. this: there's nothing wrong with having money as long as money doesn't have you. you know, so it's not the thing that uh, your your soul Wise. purpose. Wise, yeah, how you I agree. It. Uh, but, but I, I think that there, there comes a point when you like figure out how to, how to make money and really the excitement of, oh, you know, this can make a lot of money. Like, well, you know, this is making a lot of money. I'm doing this. This is making a lot of money. So that, that motivation of to simply make more money, it kind of, uh, wears out. Yeah. It, it, it wears out, you know, which I think that's a, a sign of maturity and growth in, in business and stuff when it's just, that's not your sole motivation is money. But I think that now it's more about impact and legacy. You know, what type of positive impact and what type of legacy that I can leave when I'm gone here? What, what would people remember me for? Uh, what type of impact, what type of change, what type of positivity can I bring into this world? And you know, I, I hope that it'd be more than just, you know, this guy ran Facebook ads, this guy, did, but, you know, I, I would want to make some type of footprint or fingerprint or some type of impact that changes lives and helps and serves others. But I, th- I think uh, you certainly have helped a lot of people to change their lifestyles and to yeah. bring that, um, what drives, like you said, you know, better lifestyle, better yeah. opportunities for the families through the means of money by 
you know, using your services and um, using the marketing and ads successfully yeah. and correctly and not wasting um, the budget because there are there are a lot of marketing so-called experts, but sure. um, there's only one Paul Getter. So something to definitely think about. What do you think your biggest um, challenge now? What's next and how do you approach it kind of? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question too. Um, so I'm actually working with a um, personal branding expert, which you know, a lot of people would say that I'm a, I'm a great personal branding expert. But I mm. always say this, coaches should have coaches. You know, consultants should have consultants. So, so I work with um, one of the top branding experts in the world. And, you know, what, one of the things that I'm kind of transitioning is more than just this guy that does Facebook ads and more than just, you know, working with coaches and consultants, but my, my portfolio and uh, my brand and my reach in the work that I do, it goes far beyond what people see. And I recognize that there comes a point when, you know, I'm just kind of like the the guy that helped out these, you know, these legends, guys. these names yeah. and stuff that I have to have uh, a reach, an impact, and a resume that goes beyond the guy that helped these guys, that I'm the guy doing this. So I guess what I'm, what I'm, a challenge that I'm having and, and things that I'm, I'm personally working on is my uh, my resume is not based on simply the people that I've worked for, but my resume and my success is based on who I am. I, I wonder if maybe that makes sense. That's incredible. And I'm wishing you good luck with the uh, uh, that rebrand and that legacy building. I'll get her no doubt. I'll get her <laughs> that's right i'm looking forward to seeing that and i'm sure i'm no doubt you will succeed but uh, i can feel that you're still forming um you're working on that you're working on that to yeah. to make it um crystallized and to put it out there in a big way so i've got five blitz questions to well, wrap up our interviews they okay. quick and fun so nothing too much to worry about okay. um so number one what's your favorite quote uh so Let's see. Um, I, I like this quote by Steve Jobs. He said, um, the people that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that do. I think that's, yes. cool. you know, it's like the yeah. thinkers. They're, they're the ones that do. I loved, I love, um, I love quotes. I collect them. And this is one of my favorites as well. One superpower that you'd like to have. <sighs> To fly, yeah, I think to that's, fly. Yeah, Going yeah, back yeah. to your comic books, <laughs> that'd be an amazing superpower. Fly. I mean, who would not want to fly? Yeah, definitely for sure. The most popular one. That's true. Yeah. Tasks you'd like to outsource. Tasks you'd like to outsource. Oh wow! Um, I can't say them all. <laughs> uh, I I have. I have a lot of my tasks that are... Um, so something that you haven't outsourced yet, let's put it up. I, I assume I, that you do cooking, have a lot of help. Cooking, like... Cooking? Do you cook? I do cook. I do cook. Yeah. I do a lot of cooking. Respect? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mind cooking, but I mean, it would be amazing to like have a personal chef that would just... 
um, do all that. Uh, hmm. Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's maybe, easy. Maybe if I could hire someone to go to the gym for me, that, ah, that would be and amazing. Just to, and just to bring a muscle, yes, for you to <laughs> just attach. Got it. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And drive, <laughs> drive me. Like, I, I, I like, long trips and stuff, I typically fly and, you know, I use yeah. Uber a lot and everything like that. But I'm, I'm not at this level that every um, everywhere I go, I have a driver. I'm not there. I, I, I don't think I need it. I enjoy driving. But, you know, if, if you're asking every task outsourced, driving, that'd be another one. Driving. Well, remember, with driver comes, you know, giving up a little bit more of privacy. Your dream place to live. I, I, I do live in my dream place. Wow. I've I, yeah, I've traveled um, a lot. And, you know, I, I don't, yeah, I live in my dream place. So I think that's, that's a you know, my, my friends and my family are here. Um, I love, you know, house, location, everything. I'm, I guess I, maybe some people would say, oh, you dream bigger. But I'm like, I'm content. I'm very happy here. So, yeah. I like that. Top choice for a famous house guest. And it can be a current or historic figure. Um, uh, so, I would, number one, I, I mean, like, my uh, my reflex answer, like I would say, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, you know, have have him. But that would be incredible. House guest, he's already here. So you know, uh, so, um, yes, yeah. But uh, I like brilliant minds. In one person that I'd love to just listen to to be around is Nikola Tesla. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's interesting because he's like Einstein. Very science and very, you know, uh, I, I guess what I would learn from him would be kind of just very science. But Tesla was just a an amazing thinker on so many different levels and so many different categories that I'd really like to, you know, pick his brain. To no doubt, that yeah, would yeah, be. No doubt. Yeah. That would be a great conversation. I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to just listen to that conversation. To be quite honest, yeah. He's, um, he's incredible. Um, and it's not part of the Blitz questions, but I've asked you that before. just wanted to have it on the record because it's absolutely beautiful. Your life motto, what would that be? Uh, put God first and you'll never be lost. Put God first and you'll never be Bravo. lost. Um, uh, brilliant. Yeah, re- regardless of uh, how many followers you have, how much money you make, how big your house is, how many friends you have, anything like that, um, I believe that success is defined in my relationship with God. And so put God first and can never be less. God bless. Indeed. Amazing. Any final words for the, um, for the listeners and where they can find you and um, how people can work with you and what's the best way to follow your success? Yeah. So the easiest way to connect with me is on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Paul, just P-A-U-L, verified account. Send me a message. Um, Tell me that you heard me on this podcast. I'll send you a copy of one of my books for free. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, life is a journey. Um, don't compare yourself to other people. And there's a certain danger in trying to look at the person beside you and say, oh, I want to be like them, or looking at someone that's 
years in front of you or years behind you. Just, you know, find out who you are, what your purpose is, and work on you being you. Fantastic. Thank you for being an incredible guest and sharing all your wisdom. And I absolutely love our chat. Thank you so much, Paul, Thank for your time. Much. It's been my privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Beehive Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. By now till the next episode, look after yourself and your loved ones.